seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit world. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit world. Episode 99.5. Row it. Row it, row it. Episode 99.5. Wait, I thought we were supposed to get to a different number. What do you mean 99.5? Oh, what do I mean? Well, you know how all kinds of big lead ups, big things, they have the hype before the big episode. Like Disney right now. Disney has 100 years of Disney since Walt Disney like started Disney. And it's all over the commercials. Disney 100. But before that, they were hyping it forever that it's coming. That there's like, they're in the 99.5 part of their hype. Before they're going to do Disney 100 for like four years. They're going to do it to like, to like 104. And then they'll have the 105th anniversary. So... We're taking the lead because we're 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 not almost as big as Disney. So and so just like Disney, and, we're like I'm coming, I'm coming for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So we are. So this the whole theme of this is gonna. We'll try to relate things to Disney because we're basically comparable to Disney. We haven't made any big acquisitions lately, but and we haven't made any animated films lately, but. And we haven't don't have any theme parks yet, but and we don't own Marvel, but and and, no, and we don't have Star Wars yet. yet. Uh, we don't own the Muppets, so we're similar to Disney. So this is episode ninety nine point five. Episode one hundred is going to be a banger, and you'll get that in in a couple weeks. Uh, there's gonna that that's why we're building the hype. This is the hype episode. We're gonna bring you a wild show, and. By the end, you'll see why the hype is real. Yes. And so Disney 100, Hopeless Show, episode 99.5, basically the same thing. So, Roy, what have, what have you been up to uh, the last uh, number of days? Well, I, I have been walking on sunshine. Um, oh. Yeah. It's Oh, great song. Yeah. it's And, you know, my life is kind of like it has been for the past few days, like that scene in 500 days of summer where Joseph Gordon Levitt is just, you know, dancing through the park. There's like animated bluebirds and deer and all that shit. Do you want to know why I've been so happy? Why? Because the Eagles lost the Super Bowl <laughs> and the way they've lost the Super Bowl. Um, it's been, yeah. And I know we have some Eagles fans listeners out there. I love you as people. Um, but you don't really. That's also not true. <laughs> I don't love your fan base on whole. I love my individual friends. But yeah, it's um, it was a really special moment. It was a big moment. I was almost in tears with how happy I was. Um, I don't give a fuck about the Chiefs winning, but I was very, very happy when the Eagles lost. And it was a big moment for my life. I'll never forget. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you went through um, as a former Giants fan. I'm with you. I was with you. I don't, I'm not anymore, <laughs> but 
but I, I did, as we know, as you know, if you listen to the show, I did have to be a Giants fan for a year. Yeah, you held, I lost you, a bet. And you held up your end of the bargain really, really well, commendably. But when the Eagles beat the Giants, the bet was over because the season was over for the Giants. Yep. So I did not yeah. have to. I don't have to do that you anymore. Turned heel thank real God. quick. Real quick heel. But I, uh, I won my bet. So I was really happy the Chiefs won because I did win my bet. Yes. And. And I also beat you in that um, I picked the Chiefs and you picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And I was confidently picking the Eagles by at least two touchdowns. And I was so sure the Chiefs were going to win. You were right. And I was right. So it was a fun Super Bowl. I think it was a really cool game. Uh, We'll get into a little more about the Super Bowl, some other stuff that went on in the Super Bowl later in the show. Mm -hmm. So one thing that went on, for me that I, I really need your opinion on and really our listeners opinion as well. So there is a follow that I've been following. Oh wait, quick, before I get into this late breaking news, breaking news, we have lost one of the beauties of our time, a celebrity for the ages, a gorgeous woman who died at the age of 82. As we speak, this happened Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch is uh, no longer with us. What a stunning woman. Beautiful. I mean, one of the true Hollywood stunners of uh, of uh, Hollywood Wasn't he, times. Was, I remember seeing this old picture of her like in some caveman shit. Um, yeah, she did that. She just was beautiful. Yeah. I think she was in a bond, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm quickly Google image searching Raquel Welch. Yo, Yo what's up? <laughs> yeah, she uh she was good at the pretty part. Yeah. Of life. Oh, well, she also seems, you know, like I liked her voice. Like that was very cool and um, yeah, well, she was she was a, you know, old school legend. Old school legend. We really uh all guys who we all all people appreciated her. I think uh we we will miss her, Raquel Welsh. Breaking news. So I just wanted to bring that big, uh, big huge bombshell celebrity death. As this show is going on, we bring you up to the minute, up to the minute updates on the world news that then you get to listen to two days later. Exactly. Yeah. The the, the you know our news cycle, it's live when we're recording, but some you know production takes time. Production takes time. So now back to the matter at hand, which in some ways relates. Uh, There is a follow that I have on Instagram. I don't know how I found it, but I found it and fell in love with it. It is the, I think I talked about it on this show once. Mm -hmm. It is the BYU Virgin Club. Brigham Young University Virginity Club. I've talked about it once before. I find it to be hysterical. Oh, it's great. Uh, you follow it too now, right? Yeah, I've been following for a few years, and actually, it got better because they had a. Actually, you, I'll, I'll tell you why it got better, and, and because you love it, but yeah, but yeah, but give us a little background, then I'll tell you a story about it. Well, so they've been. I've commented on some of their posts, just telling them how virgin positive I am, and <laughs> and I re, I just I've become a big fan of this club and yesterday for example they they said in this club we don't celebrate valentine's day we celebrate virgin day 
brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And it's just their content and their commitment to being a virgin is, it's just like, no, we will not weigh in on the ongoing Chinese spy balloon political crisis. Thank you. Like, they're committed to nothing but virginity. That was one of their posts. And so here's what happened. Here is the the big news from the BYU Virginity Club. Is I've commented a bit on them. And then I got a direct message private from them. That said, you're one of us, question mark. And I wrote, yes. And then they said, let us know if you ever want to be featured as Virgin of the Week. <laughs> Uh, we just need a photo and a brief bio about what your virginity means to you. <laughs> I will give you $50 right now if you do this. Okay, so this was, was going to be my question. D- do I do it or do I not do it? If you do this seriously and it gets published, I will, like if you submit it seriously, I will, all right, I will give you $50 for the submission if you do it sincerely and another $50 if it gets published. Like if you sincerely <clears throat> hold it up. Okay. So now there's definitely more incentive to do this uh, monetarily. And so then let's like just weigh before we get into our, our topics. Let's just weigh the pluses and minuses for me as a person <laughs> doing this. And I'm look, I'm not going to reveal on this show one way or another my sexual status. But or lack what, thereof, or lack thereof. <laughs> but what, what? So what are the positives? Well, great content funny. for the show. Great, really good, funny. We might even get some rage listeners once they find out. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's funny. You can also add it to like, you know, your website, your BOE's version of the month. (laughs) When you give talks, you know, it's, you know, oh, Aaron Wolf, filmmaker, actor, director, BYU version of the month (laughs) or version of the week. Like, I think. No, wait, it's month. Wait, let me see. Virgin of the week. Virgin yeah, of the week. The but week. still, it's still. There's 52 weeks in a year, and there's you know way more than 52 Only people 50. in this country. So, oh, yeah, and they have a big following. They have uh, how many followers do they have? 75,000. Yeah. So, so the cons are yep. slim to none. Bes- <laughs> <laughs> um, like, literally, even when they do find out that you may not be a virgin and you may be taking the piss. Um, if they do publish you as virgin of the week by then, it'll be a news story. They have to retract it and all this stuff and it'll only get you more press. It'll get the show more press. It'll yeah, be so it's funny. only a benefit. There's literally only good. That, and you'll be a hundred dollars richer if it gets published. Oh, and cause I haven't seen, I'm looking right now, like, They do have like people. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm leaning toward yes. Uh, the especially the monetary thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. 
Can, can we just, for those, uh, those listeners that aren't fully familiar, can I just give a little background of what this account is about? Just Yeah, it, yeah, talk a little more so, about So it. the BYU, it's Brigham Young Virginity Club, as Aaron mentioned, it's on Instagram, um, at, at BYU Virgin. And what this a account, must follow. It's a must, must follow. follow. And what this account is, it's, it's sort of a militant virginity police, um, essentially meant for BYU students, but because the account a few years ago started to get a lot of press. Now, a couple of years ago, the account was actually, it was still always pro-virginity, but it was very much, uh, it was kind of tongue in cheek. And what they would do is like, sometimes they offered ways out. I think one of them's called um, dipping or soaking, soaking. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like they would say, listen, you can still be a virgin and you can do X, Y, or Z. Or like, hey, you know, like you can be a born, born again virgin. Like, But it's just about kind of like, it was like trying to build a good relationship with virginity. Now, they got taken over a little less than a year ago under new leadership. Under new leadership, they were like, they kind of like purged the old content. And they were like, they put out this post is like, what happened with the previous regime is unacceptable, doesn't stand for the values of bringing up students and, and what we believe in virginity. And then they went into full militant authoritarian virginity. And from that point, their post got even wilder. Because previously it was like, yeah, it's funny, like, you know, all the ways around virginity. Um, but, you know, kind of like it was still earnest and sweet. And now it's just scary virginity. Um, and this makes it that much more hilarious. And, you know, mm -hmm. an example, um, you know, I think actually you gave a couple examples. But, Aaron. So. Yeah, go ahead. I can't, I'm not going to make. I will maybe reveal my decision on episode 100. Ooh, that's a great reason to tune in. So you'll be like LeBron James. We'll have the decision. This is the decision. Yes. Great. Um, now, Aaron, um, just before we move on, I have a theory. Yeah. About the BYU Virginity Club and okay. the Instagram account. Or maybe it, it, it's, 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 it's a, if I can posit this by you, do you think that someone, you know, this, these people that are so militantly virgin that are running this account, do you think it's kind of a long con? You know, is there a woman out there being like, oh, I can fix you or, oh, challenge accepted? You know, do you think that by being, huh. that if someone, even outside of the BYU Virginity Club, if someone is like so militant about being a virgin, some people are like, yeah, you're definitely going to stay a virgin because you're that militant. Or people that might be like, no, you know what? I bet you I can make you not a virgin or not. Like, I wonder if that is a possible dating tactic. I think everything exists. Okay. So I think sure. there, I don't think there, I think there's a fetish for everyone. Sure. So I believe you're, it probably does exist. It's probably not mainstream, but I think it does exist. But then do you think that there might be members of this committee and this page that almost flex that they're part of this in order to get laid? I'm a BYU Virgin Club truther. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, deny what they stand for because I think what they stand for is uh, is beautiful and as someone who might be a um, BYU Virgin of the Week, I am I stand true to my uh, my values with uh, with my club. I like it. Well, I respect that, and I respect I respect your virginity. Which thank you. Which is a <laughs> which is a perfect segue which we do so well on this show into uh, topic one, which has something to do with Palestine. Yeah. Well, Aaron, have you been following the East Palestine news? No. Okay. Which is the topic. This is the focus of this topic. So there was a, the, but just as a preface, the, Pal the Israel Palestine stuff. Uh, I know, obviously I'm Jewish. I know what's going on. 
this is such a contentious thing. It's been going on forever. Uh, good family friend of ours was the negotiator for years, uh, Dennis Ross. So I've heard of this stuff all along. And the people who are just all pro-Israel or all pro-Palestine, I, I don't agree with either of them. I think that there's some middle ground that has to happen, some compromise, because otherwise this is just going to go on forever. So it frustrates me to no end with... Uh, with this stuff because it's it's like a never end it's a thing that'll just never end ever and it's frustrating i couldn't so agree. i'm already yes. i'm coming into this frustrated because it's just and is one side sometimes more wrong than the other absolutely mm -hmm. but overall something has to give by both sides in order to get this to freaking end i couldn't agree with you more so now let's talk about east palestine ohio and in the news <laughs> 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 that was so beautiful. We did not plan that one. But no. uh, so the news about East Palestine, Ohio, it was just uh, close to the border of Pittsburgh. Um, about a week or 10 days ago, there was a huge train derailment carrying five carts. Uh, oh, I know about this. Yeah, bit, yeah lots of chemicals. <laughs> so this is why I didn't know about the uh, about the Palestine and, and Israeli conflict going on because it wasn't going on. I mean, it's still going on, but that's not the topic we're talking about. No, wow. Um, this is great. Yeah, and I think... I we told you episode 99.5 was going to be just smooth and flawless. <laughs> so, this is like a Disney, this is like this a Disney is movie. Like, we couldn't have scripted that better. Um, no. And I'm happy it was just, it was so natural. It was amazing. Um, so, yeah, what's been happening, and I think it's funny that you brought it up, is that it's not the first thing that shot to your mind when I brought that up. You thought about the Israel-Palestine conflict, not the East Palestine uh, town, that right now is... They have had a mass die of plants, animals, neighboring towns. All their chickens are dying. The fish are just turning up in the water. Um, there's poisonous gas clouds that have been burnt over. Uh, the there was it all kind of stems down from a railway company um, that it was called Northern. Oh my God, I had it written down and I closed the damn tab. Um, it's called Northern. God damn it! Hold on, Northern. Railway East Palestine. Okay, so yes, so um, pull up the CNN article. We might need to do some editing around this. No, we don't Nor edit yes, in yes, episode yeah. 90.5. We, do. so, we don't edit at all. Yes. This is a flawless episode with hype yes. building up to 100. So Norfolk Southern, which is uh, Norfolk Southern Railroad, is the railroading company. Now, what they have done. I'm um, so glad, Rohit, that you wasted like 30 seconds of everyone's time just to waste. get just to get that name that no one cares about. So, yeah. yes, but it's a, it's an important player in the situation. Now, right. this is the really upsetting part. It's, like, it's one. This is not all over the news as much as it should be. You know, you go to the homepage of CNN right now. It's a lot about, you know, the entire left tile. It's like eight articles about Chinese balloons and everything, which are interesting and I think important. But there's just one little halfway down, like the page when you scroll, there's one little link that trigger says, oh, residents are just unsure about returning to, to East Palestine. Now, Norfolk. Early Southern, most popular, early most popular Halloween costume for 2023 is the Chinese balloon. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Good one. So, so anyway, I, I, I want to keep interrupting yes, your yes. topic. So the Norfolk, Norfolk Southern Railroad, um, they are being accused of negligence. Now, what happened is when, do you remember the whole like, you know, there was a train people, the train unions fighting for, uh, you know, 
you know, fighting for some, you know, vacation pay and safety. Of course. And yeah. And then they, they, uh, Biden like solved it at the last minute. It was like going to go to be a bigger problem. And then he like figured something out. Yeah. The figure that he stopped them, he actually disallowed them from being able to protest. It was both Republicans and Democrats that stopped this union from trying to further their quest for safety for, for, but I thought they gave, they gave them something. Not really. No. What happened is as a result, uh, the safety, um, sort of regulations were not put into, uh, into effect because what Norfolk Southern was using Ooh. a new form of conducting sort of, uh, these railway sort of like there's, there's this process where they are speeding trains by and they reducing staff and reducing the amount of people that are checking on things because they're kind of computerizing and algorithmically creating tighter train schedules, adding more cars, longer cars. They're trying to like automate some areas and what the train, you know, the, the, the railway people were saying, the unions were like, this is, there's going to end up in a disaster. Then what happens is a couple months later, yes, there is a huge, huge disaster. Ah. So, and that, so that right now, <clears throat> the crazy part is you are seeing barely any coverage of this on May. You're saying, yes, single news articles, a little bit snap, but this should be at the top of every news cycle. Because right now we have, this is like, this is our own Chernobyl that's been happening, but it's barely getting coverage and it's absolutely crazy. You are just seeing, and right now what they did is like initially in the beginning, they started, they started to burn off the chemicals that were in here to kind of like, just, you know, say, Hey, listen, like we'll like can have controlled burns. Um, and w- there's these black plumes that are rising over say, Hey, listen, now pe- residents are safe to return. Meanwhile, chemical scientists are like, what the hell are you doing? No, you're not. Um, and we started seeing, you know, the water supply is completely messed up. Animals, plants are dying. People are going to have long-term effects. Essentially, this is what, what the, what this is. It's, um, the chemical is called vinyl chloride. Now vinyl chloride is a chemical that when it's exposed to air, at above eight degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, it, it starts to burn. It burns at a very low temperature. I have hope for you. Yeah. So what, I'm not done yet because... Oh, it's not done yet? No. But and then it can get into your lungs and we're seeing it's killing animals and it's going to have an impact on people. Now, this hazardous substance has... It's continuing... You know, they have five carts worth of this um, that's just been burning and just getting into the water table and kind of just... It's been really, really bad. Now, the crazy part is that we're not seeing enough reporting. Norfolk Southern right now is is... Uh, said scheduled to get $200 million in relief from the government. They're getting rewarded for this just to kind of fix things. Each resident in the area as part of a buyout is getting $5 for their troubles. $5? $5. That is what they're paying each resident. Okay? That is their, that's their make good. Okay? Norfolk Southern. I'm going to get 100 bucks if I'm the virgin of the week. Yes, yes. And it'll and you deserve that hundred dollars but i think these people deserve a lot more so right now i think my hopelessness is that we are seeing a lack of media coverage and because we had the government both sides the government though said we're going to take away we're going to stop these guys from being able to protest ended that ends up in this nobody wants accountability and we know just how much the government's hands are in the media we're still talking about balloons eight articles about the balloons one line about this so this to me is a absolute malpractice of government malpractice of media and it's really really sickening so help me find hope there that was a lot um that was just a lot so i have hope the israel palestine border right now does not have any conflict (laughs) okay so at least one 
So Palestine is okay, but Palestine, East Palestine yes. is, is okay. So it's all about looking on, you know, the, the right side of things. Like, I understand everything you just said. I heard you. I feel your pain. But Israel and Palestine right now are are fine. They're they're getting along well enough, and we can rest easy about the of the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, the whole thing right now. So, there's your hope. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the crazy part is is yeah, I feel hope that I, we always want peace in the Middle East. But right now, where's the protests? Where's the presidential statements? Where's Greta? She's fucking protesting all this other bullshit. Why is she not here? Why is why is Al Gore not said something? Why is AOC not said everybody that's caring about the environment? Why has everybody been fucking silent? You know, um, they're busy with dealing yeah, with making yeah, sure yeah, there is Mayor peace Pete, in the Middle East. Yeah, Mayor Pete who's had a transportation. When this was all going down, the only thing he talked about was like how we need, well, there's too many white people working in construction. That was his whole speech. Didn't really acknowledge this shit. So cool. Thank you, government. Look at where the good things are happening. Okay. <laughs> uh, we haven't had that, a train problem in California lately. Yeah. People are stopped robbing shit off. Of really? Trains. This is it. This yeah. is it. This is it. Anything... Yeah. Anything that's spelt like Palestine or Palestine, just like don't live there. Yeah. So, I, which I, and again, to everyone who lives in Palestine or Palestine, all love, don't know, no, no harm, no foul. But obviously, where you've chosen to live seems like both places are a little bit murky. So, you know, yeah. maybe, well, move. I may, maybe the hope I can get myself out of this is people realize the government is not your friend, the media is not your friend. And yeah, but that's they, your take. That's always your go-to to challenge you. Not, that's your has it not been proven here? Here it has. Sometimes I think it's an overreach. I think it's a little boy who cried wolf because to challenge you a bit here because you say it so much that then I don't know when it's like actually a real the thing or not. It's not going to be a reason to ever be considered friendly in the past my life. So yeah, I can't. You know, all from right. the signing well, of the Patriot Act all the way to where we're here today. Wow. No for friendship. Yep. So friendship with government is over. Uh, yeah. Hogwarts legacy is my new best friend. I like those uh, EDD checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> it's uh, I want checks going to the people of East Palestine. <laughs> I want protests there and I want regular and I want help. I hear you. I hear you. And we will fight for their right. Yeah. Um, so, th but you, it seems like you have a crypto watch. I do. And it's not as a crypto because we kind of proved this in. It's a great transition. Um, so we saw uh, Tesla stock uh, plummet uh, with the antics of Mr. Elon Musk uh, over the past, I don't know, year or so, right? Um, and the e More. He's yeah. been off. He's been off the deep end for like a a while now. It's like a year and a half, maybe at least. So from its lowest point, where you could have got so Tesla um, in the past one year high uh, hit three sixty three. In December, it dropped to one hundred and eight. Actually, January third, it dropped to one hundred and eight dollars. That's a big, big plummet. Since January third, from the time of recording, Tesla stock is up one hundred percent. And people that bought in low, which includes people that are not me, 
Um, you you did not buy no, low. No. And um, I do know people that have that are really 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 happy right now, like really happy. Like, did they um, buy a lot or like yeah, like five? No, like a lot. Um, oh, so man. at a hundred dollars a share. Do you, you have buy, a lot? I have nothing. In oh, Tesla. you have no Tesla. I have no Tesla. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so the hopelessness. I'm 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 happy that you know it was able to recover. Um, and but God. Damn it. <laughs> I missed, we missed this one. <laughs> well, I have hope for you, Rowett. Yeah. Right here. Um, your podcast partner. Please, please tell me. Aaron Wolf. When it was at 108, I bought, I think, eight shares. Well, you just made 800 bucks. Like that. Yep. And it's only going to so, go up. So as now, wait, so with that winning, so as a new, as a new billionaire myself, I am, uh, yeah, I'm happy to help you in any way you need. Yeah. I do know people that have put in. No, what sucks, what sucks is, into this. no, that's what sucks is that I, <laughs> like, I am not a, a big, big guy in the, these things. And so like, when I see something like that, I saw that I was like, I'm going to get eight. <laughs> I'm going to get eight of them, eight of them. That was a good and, move. That was a really good move, Aaron. But I wish, you know, I wish and that I had uh, the means to act on some of these instincts that I've had and get 800. But that's a lot like, wait, what would that be? Eight, $80,000. $80, yeah, what whatever you have, yes, yeah, and just double it. Whatever you would have put in, it's doubled. Yeah. Well, it's tr uh, 10 times. No, it's 100 times. So... Well, it's gone Whatever. up 100%. Yeah, exactly. So your $800 to is now $1,600 worth, which is great. But um, then if, but imagine if like, it's again, the rich getting richer. If you have the means, then you can put in like $50,000 and then you make, you've made $50,000 already, which is, yeah. you know, more difference maker money than $800, which can get me, I think, a bucket of popcorn and a movie ticket. Yeah. I mean, January in 3rd. Joe Biden inflation. Yeah. I mean, dude, January 3rd, 2020, Tesla stock was $29. So like we'll never get that again. Uh, yeah. No. Um, and it I'm was, surprised you have not. You have zero shares. Yeah. Because you know what I did, Aaron. What I emptied out all my stocks and went into crypto. Oh well, crypto at least is. Uh, it's not doing as bad as it was. It's doing. Yeah, okay yeah. I'm now. still gonna blow my brains out. Um, but yeah. So that yeah. It's, oh. uh, it's yeah. Yeah. It's very bad. Well, I have eight shares of Tesla and. Hey, we'll see what happens, but that's, uh, let's go into sports. So I, I hope that gave you at least hope that I got a Honestly, little bit of money. I'm happy that you and somebody I care about was able to, to, to get some, you know, succeed with that. Again, not a lot. 800 bucks is not, it's hey, no complaints. No, I'm glad I did I it. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. Um, It'll pay for our Springsteen tickets, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, that's for another show, but we we will be going to uh, the Hopeless Show. Will be going to Bruce Springsteen this year, so that'll be a fun uh, thing later in the in the in the year for the show. So we're going to our sports update now, and a big day. The pitchers and catchers are reporting to uh, spring training, so the, it's it's great. The Super Bowl ends, football ends. And right on time, right when we need it, because there's no more football, baseball begins, which is 
really for sports fans, I think it's like the needed transition. Yeah, there's hockey and NBA going on, but they're kind of in the lull of their season. It's just like kind of boring. There's we're it's just kind of waiting for the playoffs. You basically know the teams that are going to make it. So it's baseball season beginning. I am excited. How are you feeling about? Uh, obvious, I mean, I know you're excited because your team is probably ranked as one of the top 10 teams this year, as is the Dodgers are probably actually not that different from the Orioles in terms of Dodgers are so ranking. good. Not nearly as good this I In terms of rankings, I bet they're close. Yeah, but you guys have so much firepower. It's really impressive. Um, but the, are you pumped? Like I am pumped. It's almost the season. But now, but Aaron, I want to talk to you about the three new rules that I heard about that are driving me crazy. Okay, and tell me. So the first one is uh, the MLB is instituting now. They tested it a little bit last year. Um, going into extra innings now, every single inning or half inning, once you're in extra innings, 10th inning and onwards, every team will start with a runner on second. Oh, so that's that's what they did that COVID season. And so now it's official. It's in. It's happening. Um, I hate it because I not in the playoffs. It's not in the playoffs. I know that. Um, I don't know they, about they the playoffs. Do it I know it's at least for this entire regular season it is. Um, I hope it's not in the playoffs. But I'm like, come the fuck on, man. Um, so I know it'll speed up the game, but extra innings are when you want the games to go long. Yeah, that's when it's fun. Uh, I don't love this rule. I know for you know the attention span of people. Obviously, it probably they've probably done studies that it gets better ratings because people talk about it on Twitter and tune in because it's the extra inning game or whatever. Like I'm sure there are reasons why they're doing it, <clears throat> but I don't love it. But it's not going to make or break the season. Okay. Well, hopefully, it, you know, I mean, sure it'll make them more exciting, I guess. But then. It's like it's like what happened with the NFL in basketball. You you go all into the offense and you lose the nuance of what makes the game so beautiful, which is a beautiful balance between baseball, pitch, between pitching and hitting, right? The balance between offense and defense in, in basketball, the, the between offense and defense in football. So when you make when you just try and steer your entire sport one way just because of highlights, it has a lot of repercussions and I think you lose a purist. But anyway, the next rule or the next uh, update, Aaron, is that it's we're not allowed to have position players pitch anymore unless at all, unless it's extra innings. Then yes, position players can pitch or it's in the ninth inning and your team is leading by 10 or it's in any inning and your team has to be losing by eight or more. Otherwise position players are banned from pitching. I hate that. I, I actually hate that. That rule I think is uh, disgusting because pitch when pitch when players come into pitch it's really entertaining, and I remember, like Justin Turner came into pitch a couple times, a bunch of times for the Dodgers, and his ERA was like better than some of our relievers. <laughs> and he's just a great player. It's like and it's like when you see this player that has played nearly every position in the field all of a sudden hit the mound you're like i love this guy and Jocelyn turner's he's a dodger through and through and to see him take the mound well, it only made him dodgerier and um, now he's a red sox now he's a red sox but... so yeah it sucks um but the that and then also last year they got rid of the dh right and that yeah broke my heart i love when pitchers hit that was fun they're taking away the fun randomness pitchers hitting hitters pitching like extra innings going really long and then there's even one more new rule oh no I, the base they're changing the size of the bags 
Right now, they're 12 inch by 12 inch. They're going to 15 by 15. Size matters. Yeah. So this actually changes a number of things. One, it'll make it the stretch plays. It'll favor the runner a little bit more when they're like legging out, uh, you know, a single or when they're stealing bases because it's actually shortening the distance between home plate or, and even the bases by, by a total of, you know, a few inches. There will be more stolen bases because of this, uh-huh, uh-huh. which that, that I like. It also tightens up the field a slight bit. You know, now you've got first basemen that have to play, you know, they can play on the bag and still be a little bit more in. So I think I'm not totally like as anti this, but I'm. No, thinking, this seems but, cool. But why? I just think it was unnecessary. Why I want more stolen can... bases. I want more stolen bases. So I like this. Yeah, so stolen this, bases are really exciting. This to me is a good chaos rule. I like when chaos is introduced. I hate it when it's taken away. So this one's good. So we've got a couple bad ones and a good one. Yeah. I'm excited for the season. I like the stolen base thing. They need more stolen bases. And making the bag bigger will make more stolen bases happen. So bring on the season and let's see what happens. We have to adjust. Uh, nothing's perfect, but at least baseball is still baseball. Yeah, and you know, and there's a picture I, I linked in here. Oh, and the pitch bag. clock is good. I know they have yeah, a... Yeah, uh, I'm okay with the pitch clock. I'm definitely okay with it. Um, the Yeah, it, the bags look comically bigger. Um, oh, really? So Let me see. Yeah. Okay, so if you click on our agenda, it'll be bases. Yeah, click on that link. And it's in a tweet, and you'll see the actual size comparison, along with some memes that are making fun of the size comparison. Wait, what? Yeah, that's how big a 12 by 12 versus a 15 by 15 is. It's that big a difference? Uh-huh. Whoa. Uh-huh. For our listeners who can't see what I'm looking at right now, you, you should check this out. Like, Just Google MLB larger bases. It is way different. This is going to change a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's also going to change the swipe. Uh, the double play is going to be way easier mm-hmm. to be ma- to make because you're going to be able to swipe the bag easier. But it's also going to make the runner be able to hit the bag easier with their hand in a bunch of different places. So this is going to be – this is I like this. This is going to cause some weird stuff to happen. Yeah. So I'm curious how this works out, you know. So this <clears throat> one I'm open to. I'm like, Why? Did it need to be? I'm still open to it. The other ones, I'm not open to. But anyway, excited for baseball so, season. And are you open to our debate, which, which is about something else that is intense? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so t- tell me what we're debating. So what we are debating is there's been a number of UFOs that have been making headlines. Um, that uh you know some over alaska um and it's there there are things that seem to be uh they're right now they're being called our director of national intelligence released a report calling them unidentified aerial phenomena um in melt on you know february 4th we shot down a spy balloon right um but then we've been shooting down a bunch of weird flying objects one was over lake huron in michigan and what people are saying there's some video footage about them that they're like these these aren't operating or even acting like balloons and a lot of people are saying that they're aliens um remember but, just remember for our listeners a ufo you think because of the movies that it's an alien it's just an unidentified flying object anything in the air it can be a paper airplane that you can't tell is a paper airplane it's an unidentified flying object so it is not necessarily like it's not like that so the intelligence committee report that resolution released that says that um, there's a large, you know, they found a large number of those sightings. There's 163 sightings that we've had right uh, recently. 
Um, uh, so there's a large number, but 163 were balloons. 26 were unmanned aircraft systems like drones. But they said an unspecified number of sightings were, quote, attributable to sensor irregularities or variances such as operator or equipment error, end quote. Which means that the videos that they're showing is like, they're like, don't trust the videos. It's probably some sort of weird sensor error. These keep happening, especially recently. Um, so, so what's the debate? So what's the debate is, could these <clears throat> actually be aliens? So... Here's my take on this. Of course they could be. And <laughs> I think that is awesome. Like the idea, the fact that the narcissism of humanity, of humans to think that we are the only things in this giant galaxy with things that are in infinite places that we don't even know where they are and all that stuff is so stupid like that we're the only this or thing that's living or thing that exists in this giant universe like are what arrogant little tiny brains we have that we would think that so of course it could be i hope it is and, I, and it probably doesn't look like et hate to break it to everyone it probably doesn't look like et it probably looks like something we can't even think of or maybe it looks just like us who the hell knows? But the idea that we're that much closer to finding out if these are aliens or some being from some other planet is awesome. And the chances that they want to have war with us like we've seen in all the movies is very slim. They might just want to say, yo, what's up? <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I hope they're aliens. Um, they see, you know, funny enough, a lot of these anomalies are being spotted over restricted airspace. So odds are they probably are more spy shit um, from technology that we just don't understand or don't know. Um, so that could be also that to me, that's also very interesting. And obviously any country's government be like, Hey, there's nothing to see here. One, they don't want to create panic Two, They don't want to admit that you know, like, they don't even understand it. Um, or two, three, they don't want to kind of like show their hand, which is actually, I understand. Um, and I'm not even excoriating them for that. The, uh, so, but to me, this is just like, wait, what if, what if now that everybody's got better cameras and everybody's got better, you know, drones flying up there, everybody's looking to the skies a little more, especially with all the, the, the you know, the Chinese balloon thing. What if, you know, maybe we finally unlocking, uh, some actual real footage of aliens. So, yes. Yeah. So I think it I, already exists. I think the government, there's some people yeah, know so, something's hidden in the archives. Yeah, yeah I because, love it. Yeah. I feel I love this. I am pumped. I want to see some aliens. Yes. I want I want to see like the president shake hands with an alien. That would be awesome. Like, oh my God, that would be so cool. Seriously, just like this big green headed skinny dude with like three fingers with like big like stubby ends. And he's like, like <laughs> and then like Biden's like. Nice to meet you, alien. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It would just be great. Their photo op, the photo op would be incredible. Probably would be the most uh, liked picture in Instagram history. The yeah. president and the alien. Oh, yeah. And then like the, you know, but it would be funny if like the alien, he kind of talked with like a North Texas accent. You know, he's just like kind of like mumbles and words like, hey, I'm an alien. How's it going? How's it going, Mr. President? Biden? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I flew down my ship. I keep getting older and they stay the same age, you humans. <laughs> I just uh, turned 3,000 years old. Years old. So, yeah, all right. Where's my boy Jesus? I was yeah. supposed to meet him up for lunch. I don't know. I kind of got yeah. lost on the way back. I came all the way from 
planet Narfatom just to meet Jesus, and Jesus isn't here. What the hell? Oh, speaking of planet Narfatom, just really quick before we transition to the next one. Um, you know my continued uh, skepticism about Chat A, uh, Chat GPT, and AI. Yeah. There was a recent post going, "Hey, come up with some fictional names for uh, you know fictional planets," and one the first one was like. Zebulon, and then it was like Norg, Dorg, Zorg, Borg, Florg, Jorg, Borg. It's just like people like, yeah, this is artificial intelligence is not overly intelligent, but Jesus Christ, like, oh, <laughs> uh, or how stupid are we? Oh yeah. So yeah, well, artificial intelligence learns from us, so and we are dumb. So yes, and we're Whatever. dumb. Yeah. So we have uh, just a quick little uh, preview before we uh, get into our second topic, and and uh, and the second part of our show is now for our hundredth anniversary, as we tease it, it is not a Disney character. So that's one tease, We're talking but about it guests. is our guest. Yes, it is not a Disney character, but it is someone who is on a big show right now. Yeah. And we can't say what the show is. No, and we can't say anything about it. All we can say is it's someone on a big show right now, and it is not the Lion King or Aladdin. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's probably one of the last things you'll think of. Um, so, we'll, yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's wild. So, now we are going right into our, our newer, a newer segment, which is going to lead into topic two. I love this segment, MAGA Monday. And remember, MAGA Monday, it's not necessarily recorded on a Monday or talked about because it's anything to do with Monday. It's just, it's the only M in our days of the week. So we had to do Monday. I remember, it's always MAGA Monday somewhere. Yeah. It's just another MAGA Monday. Oh, that should be our song. Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's we'll see if we can commission Dan to write a, another piece for a, another. Oh, intro. Dan needs to write. It's just another MAGA yeah. Monday. Oh, oh. So we bring we bring to you all things great that are MAGA. Um, we you know aren't MAGA, but there are there have been some real positives in the Stop MAGA lying, world. Aaron. No, well, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I'm I despise MAGA, but but there are interesting things to come out of it, and here's what first my favorite MAGA, if you've been listening to the show, is George Santos. I love this guy. I am a huge fan of his. I think what he has brought to society and culture, and the the giant prank he's pulled on our culture by getting into the House of Representatives with all, all lies is brilliant. It is brilliant. I mean, he has just pulled the coup of coups. He is the Andy Kaufman of politics, but better. And so he did something for our MAGA Monday that is incredible. An Amish farmer alleged today that George Santos wrote him a bad check in exchange for puppies. And I mean, it's a, a, a Amish dairy farmer in Lancaster, Pennsylvania said that he did this. And I just, again, George Santos, I 
I commend you. I I think that that it's terrible what you what you do, but it's really funny. And so that's the George Santos update. I of MAGA Monday. I mean, people so, like George Santos keep this show's lights on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And <laughs> and I do not want him to go away. <laughs> I want him to stay with us, George. Stay yes. with us. Hold, we need, we hold need that him to seat. go away, but we do not want him to because yes. it's so many good topics. <laughs> He's just uh, every week. It's a new, a new great, uh, great thing that he that he's pulled off that is so stupid and he's obviously a terrible guy but like awesome so then row it a second thing so this is where maga gets a little dark for me and i just want to <clears throat> continue so i as you know i ha- and i've talked on this show i have some conversations with f- friends or associates who are uh, maga and so I just, so the, this one guy, for I talked about this about a month ago, where he told me that Joe Biden had um, committed $70 million in uh, of a crime where he'd gotten $70 million illegally from China. And I told him, send me proof. Great. Any yeah. proof, any proof. Like we talked about on this show before, send me any proof. And all he did for about a month is tell me that I'm an idiot for not noticing and I just don't pay attention. And then I'd say, just send me an article. And then he would send me some like conspiracy theory thing that has no proof. And I'd say, no, just send me proof. Like show me where the crime was committed. And he said, you are just not paying attention. You don't understand. You're an idiot. You don't like all this stuff. And I just said, just send me the information. Otherwise I just kept telling him, otherwise you're just another clown. Like, if you can't prove it, it there you're just feeding the Kool-Aid. And what he would then do is return the favor. So if I'd say like, you know, you're just biting into the Kool-Aid. You're part of this cult, man. Like you're not giving me facts. And then I, he'd say, no, you're the one who's part of the cult. You're the you're the leftist socialite who just watches CNN and uh, and is a is a uh, communist. And I'm like, dude, that's not me at all. Like. You Listen. can't do that. And then the, the the last part. So then he changed the subject uh, and said that I was, um, and I still just try to send him things that are middle ground. Like Bill Maher did a thing on woke, wokeism and I sent him that, but he, he won't even acknowledge when I send him something he agrees on. And <laughs> like, he just won't do it. And, yeah. and so... Then, and whenever I send any journalism, any article that's written by anything with a point that he doesn't agree with, he's saying, says it's the lamestream left media. No matter what, it could be a Fox News article. And he'll say it's that. <laughs> and um, and then he said, the last thing he did was um, that he said that nobody, that you, I can't name anyone on in the Republican Party who wanted to get rid of, in some fashion, Social Security and healthcare, which is something that the president brought up in his uh, in his speech. And then people got up in arms, but it's proven that people on the far right, have some have wanted to get rid of this. So he said, I can't prove that. So I sent him, I, he said, name any names. 
So I did with articles. People are people such as Rick Scott, Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, to name a few, have gone on record as saying that in some fashion they want to uh, eliminate Medic Medicare and Social Security. And then he wrote, do you even know what Social Security yields? Ha, we know you don't. You don't get every dollar you put in. It's a fact. And if you die, you get nothing after contributing your whole life. And yes, you're wrong about everyone you mentioned. Proposing changes, improvements, ideas isn't cutting anything. But that's the leftist narrative you regurgitate. Who is in the cult, really? And I didn't respond. Yeah. So this yeah. is where the MAGA Monday part goes off the rails. Like, how do you deal with someone who just has, there's no, there's no base for anything they say. And when you prove them wrong, they just do what he just wrote, which. I mean, not to say I'm MAGA myself, because this is very hilarious. What, what, what the responses you're getting from your friend, but yes, a lot of that social security. Yeah. It like social security is a scam. It's great because my mom's on it. It's awesome. So, but the people that you know we put into it, we're not going to get. It's going to be like it'll get us a happy meal once a week. That's going to be with inflation. But these but, Republicans do want to get rid of it. Some of them. I think they want to replace it with some of the privatized, more aggressive system of returns. Same thing with healthcare. So it's it's they don't want to necessarily replace. They want to replace government monopolized healthcare with privatized. Now we also know corporate greed is you can't just replace government greed with corporate greed because there's still greed in both places. You know, it's I think, you know, a lot of people say they don't want monopoly. Like no none of us like monopolies, right? We do not like monopolies. So now imagine giving a monopoly or keeping a monopoly within the most inefficient crooked system that exists, which but is But I think government. you're I so, I hear the your opinion on this, but I'm talking yeah. about just being able to have a discussion about facts. And all I said is yeah. that these people want to do some do want to get rid of it. And you and I are discussing it. But what your friend is failing to do, you, you it's better to discuss than it is to dismiss. You don't learn anything by dismissal. You only learn and grow and realize, hey, your point is either reinforced or you learn something from the other side. It made you a better person and more rounded person. That's what comes through discussion and not dismissal. And there is, yeah, it's really pathetic when someone dismisses an argument without actually looking into the receipts. And, uh, you know, when it's not, when it's not being debated on its merit, it's being debated on some extraneous things. It's, it's really lame, really, really lame. So, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's these kind of people. It's like, I just think they're clowns cause they can't, they, they, there's nothing. What is, what are they basing their life and their thought on? Nothing. It's just, it's just regurgitating whatever they hear on the news that with with baseless claims, which is what he did. So yeah. so this is what leads me to it's going to lead us right into topic two and then we'll finish the show. Um, and it's a quick topic, too. But so obviously I get annoyed with these kind of magas. Like, I think that these kind of extremist magas are uh, really dumb in what they what they bring to the table. But the leader of the magas, uh, Donald Trump. Rohit, he got me this week. He got me to like a couple things he did. And I'm confused. Because I, I thought I despised the man. But first, with Ron DeSantis, who's a, a foe of his now because he's running against him for president, he came up with what I think might be his most brilliant nickname yet. Ron DeSantis is now being called by Donald Trump Meatball Ron, which Great is nickname. Nickname. incredible. Like, 
like just when you think the guy can't come up with uh, like a more ridiculous nickname, he comes, he nails it. Meatball Ron is, it's just, it doesn't make that much sense. It's immediately seems mean, but funny. Every time you say it, you'll laugh. So it's brilliant. And then he one up himself again. And I really agreed with him on this. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. So Donald Trump said this about Rihanna's halftime show, which leads into topic two. Epic fail. Rihanna gave, without question, the single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. This after insulting far more than half of our nation, which is already in serious decline with her foul and insulting language. And then she, he wrote, also so much for her stylists. So, um, I didn't like the halftime show and I agree with him that, that it wasn't, uh, it didn't do it for me. And this is going to be topic two for me. Uh, so, so ending MAGA Monday, as you see, I, I do agree with Trump that it was not, not one of the best uh, halftime shows. And second, I understand she was pregnant that was the big thing is it revealed that she's pregnant but the show as a whole besides these floating these floating platforms was very repetitive and got very boring to me and and like last year with the dre and snoop thing and all that was so cool and they've had so many good ones and this just was pretty lame to me and maybe i'm i'm uh i'm in the minority here but i just thought it was a stinker and oh, man I thought it was one of the best ones I've seen. Really? And yeah. And I thought the singularity of it, her in red, all her hundreds of plus dancers in white. It was visually so clear, so stunning. And first of all, this now we're on like a five year streak of not having some shitty rendition of walk this way. Like, <laughs> which is great because generally every year was some fucking walk this way mashup with a Justin Timberlake or run DMC or Aerosmith. That seemed like every year on end. Um, then what I also appreciated, I thought, I thought the outfits were awesome. The, and also Rihanna only, she played like, I think 12 songs and that was like less than half of her bangers. And I tweeted this during the halftime performance, Rihanna greater than sign Beyonce. Um, because I will, I will stand by this. I do think Rihanna is better than Beyonce. Oh, I agree. Her. I agree with yeah, you. In yeah. terms of the music I like, I like yeah. hers more. I think she thinks she's cooler too. And I think this was so focused on a singular person. I thought it was really, really great. No guest stars, none of that shit. It was like a proper kind of like Rihanna performance that was like hyper, you know, chopped. Obviously, had to get a lot of songs in there. I love the floating stuff. Everybody was nervous like about her and her dancers falling off. Um, so that was added a bit of tension. And uh, I, I think, you know, I was at last year's Super Bowl and that performance, that was amazing. For fans of West Coast hip hop in LA, seeing the Super Bowl there, incredible. And I thought that this was, this was truly, I think, a, like it felt like a really, really expensive Rihanna concert. And the last thing, the camera work was impeccable. 
I loved, I loved the floating elevated cameras. I loved it traveling, you know, sort of in a line kind of when she's coming, when she was on the ground level coming up, all her sound dancers surrounding her. She's doing her little like makeup in the middle. Like I think I just thought it was really, really beautifully orchestrated um, and a high quality product. All right. I guess we disagree. Um, <laughs> but you I hear, the- I hear you and the camera work and all that was cool. I just was, I was yawn. I was like, you know what it felt like? It felt like serving a really beautiful, like Michelin star, like dish, big plate. Like maybe like the pasta bar, like pasta bar. Yes. Like pasta bar. And Encino slash bar. Yes. Like pasta slash bar in Encino. Like you serve this big plate, tiny dish, beautifully dressed. It's like the, the highlight of the show. When a lot of people are watching, they just want a burger. They're expecting a burger, you know, with fries and like ketchup and like, all this like, you know, sides and stuff like that. That's what people are expecting. That's what they're used to getting. And this was a beautifully refined dish. And, you know, world get ready, man. Time to improve your palates. All right. Whatever. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope you found hope that, you know, that at least, you know, you have a friend like me with good taste that can then help you on your journey. On my journey. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, moving, moving on. Cause we're, we're running long. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get yeah, into yeah. some hopeless TV. Yes. Um, this will be really quick. Aaron, have you watched the show on Showtime? Yellow Jackets. Negative. I think it, it got a lot of press. Uh, we're one episode from the finale of season one. And I got to say, the show's kind of mid. I'm not sure what the hype is all about. Oh, really? Yeah, so don't watch like, it. No, it's like it's it's not one I would like go out of my way to recommend to you like The Last of Us or Severance, like not on that level. But people treat it like it is. And it's definitely not. Not there. Didn't do it. Um, Okay. well, I have uh, I have one for you. What do you got that? I do think is I this made me sad. I watched I I, uh, met I met up on Friday of last week with my friend David and he's big movie guy big big in the in the industry guy and so i was curious what his favorite movie of the year was because obviously and he's in he's uh involved in some of the oscar ones even and i uh asked him and i was shocked by his answer because it wasn't one that is it wasn't one that he's been involved in or one that's nominated it was the movie hustle with adam sandler and I've heard of it. It's like a sports basketball movie. Oh, with that one on Netflix. Yes. That was his favorite movie of the year. So I immediately watched it because I'm like, like, this is uh, incredible. And I just didn't expect so, like someone like, I just didn't expect him to say, I thought he'd probably say one of the movies he worked on. So I watched it. I loved it. It's so good. It's so it's really well done. Like just they get in and out of scenes. It's always a uh, filmmaking thing is get in late, get out early with scenes. You don't need to show things that you already know. Um, little filmmaking things. And they do it so well in this. And it's a it's a very fun sports movie, basketball movie. Adam Sandler, man, the guy, you know, he, he has come a long way from just being the goofy Billy Madison guy. Like this guy can really put on a performance. And uh, I highly recommend it. And it's crazy that a movie like this just gets no real love. Um, It got like a SAG Award nomination. That's it. So I recommend it. I feel hopeless that more people don't watch these good good ones just get buried now. And uh, please watch it. You'll love it. 
You'll absolutely love it. It's I enjoyed it. Oh, you uh, saw I, it? I have. I have. Oh, I didn't um, know you'd seen it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it and it didn't register with me as a great movie, but looking back, the way you're talking about it, actually in terms of sports movies, it did follow a formula, which I think is very important for sports. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, most sports movies do follow that. But I do think Adam Sandler has, I love the way he's pivoted from comedy, still has retained some sense of it, but with Anka Jans yeah. and... Um, this isn't that. This is like... <clears throat> it's less, yes, it's less like gritty. panic gritty than that. Yes. I think it was, Ian and I watched it. It was a very enjoyable sort of like Friday night movie um, on the couch. Um, but I'm shocked you said that was the best film of the year and because i and i don't yeah, it's not my, maybe my favorite but it's yeah maybe a top five like it's re, it was really good yeah it, it's definitely worth watching absolutely so that's where I, i'm glad you saw it so i uh i recommend it and um and we'll just do a quick guess the bts now and hope in 60 to end the show yeah. actually um we're gonna skip guess the bts because this week I'll just tell you, uh, Guess the BTS, our favorite K-pop band, we just don't know much of their music, but now we know more of them, is uh, get BTS has the number one song in the country again, and they're not even a band anymore, and the song came out 10 years ago. And I just think it's remarkable that this group can do that. So that um, we always show love for our favorite band, even when they're not together right now. And I just think that's amazing that you like the Beatles have done that. They've had songs that come out later in different forms and they are number one again. But BTS doing this, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I think like the 90s, that song, because it's real. Like they, they had something, it's real. I think Real Love. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the number really. one hit. Yeah, that came out <coughs> well after, you know. They it was originally released in like 1968. And then yeah. in the late 90s, it came out and was another number one hit again. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, so let's do hope in sixty. Yeah, yeah. We'll make this. We'll wrap this up. It's, this is our favorite segment. Everyone's favorite segment, um, and that's why we save it for the tail end. Uh, maybe we'll move it up in the future. But anyway, uh, let's see who's first. Oh, I'm first. Aaron AMC Theaters has introduced a new system where they are charging people for two extra dollars to book the best seats in the house, middle and center. Um, same price for the surrounding ones, and dropping the prices by two dollars for the shittiest seats, like up front and way in the back and in the corners. Um, I feel this kind of is, creates classism within the movie theaters. How do we find hope here? Uh, I think it'll teach AMC a lesson because it's so stupid. And in in the most times when you go see a movie, unless it's a big Marvel opening or something, there are plenty of seats open. Do you think they're going to have like a guard guarding the seats that that aren't in the middle? No. Like most of the time when you go to a movie, you're just going to buy the seat that's not in the middle and then go sit in the one that's in the middle because it won't be crowded enough and then when like ant-man comes out and you go see that okay maybe this works but i think it is super stupid screw amc they're uh they they're like a monopoly right now and they will learn their lesson from this oh the little ringer didn't go off but yeah you came in three seconds under and i agree with you i think they probably will see it reflecting in their ever jumping around plot uh stock price um the next one is oh i think i got yeah, actually, why don't we go to yours next, and then I'll, get, I'll finish with the last two. Okay. Uh, my hopeless topic is the movie Rust, uh, where where Alec Baldwin shot the DP and killed her. Um, obviously, the people it was an accident, but he something went wrong. They're resuming filming of this, uh, and I know the woman who shot got shot's best friend. 
pretty well. And obviously huge tragedy and they're resuming this. And I just think that is totally wrong. I think this movie needs to uh, be put on the shelf and it's too tragic what happened and it, it should not be released. So give me I mean, hope. They did, they did release a crow after Brandon, uh, what's his face? Brandon Lee got shot on set in the exact same type of thing. Good point. Um, and that turned up to be a cult classic. Maybe it'll help recover some of the money to help pay for, you know, some of the life expenses that might come out of, you know, the family of the DP who was shot and killed. I forgot about that. So the crow thing. All right. That gives me a little hope. Thank you. Of course. Of course. <coughs> and again, dude, we're hitting with these minutes really well. Really well. All right. You got next a couple one. more. Yes. couple more. Uh, the next one. All right. There's a new rule. The IRS has now introduced a new feature, a new service. And this enables waiters and bartenders to report their cash tips to the IRS. Previously, you know, these service industry people, you know, it's very razor thin, but they they were able to kind of like, you know, we would get cash tips and, you know, when I was a kid and just, you know, when I was young and just, you know, we, cash tips are better than credit card tips because you can at least like not have to report the whole damn thing because it's where everybody's, you know, struggling. But now the IRS is like, put the kibosh on that. It's like, you got to report even your cash tips. Here's hell to the nah. No way. There is mm-hmm. no way I would. I've been a waiter. You've been a waiter. Yeah. No way. That's going in my pocket. And the IRS is never finding out about that. Yeah. There's yeah. a 0% chance any waiter is going to report these tips. Good <laughs> luck, IRS. You stupid, stupid organization who thinks that you're going to fool the waiters into reporting their tips. No, not $1 will be reported. In the United States, there will be not a dollar reported. I love that. Hell yes. We'll fight the machine maliciously comply together. Yes. And finally, our last uh, Hope in 60 um, is, uh, this one is a bit shocking, but also the New York Times wrote a big thing about it. So, and we, fake okay, news. We start fake the timer. News, yes. Fake news. Fake so, um, Yale professor, um, you know, when he was addressing kind of how Japan is dealing with the burdens of having a very top heavy elderly society declining birth rates and a debt that is like highest higher than any other country in the planet his this economist he suggested that in the end the best thing would be for the country for all the elderly to do a mass suicide and commit a ritual seppuku wait what um, yeah so he's got a lot of followers this has got a lot of extreme theories um his name is yusuke narita a a assistant professor of economics at yale no wrong look this is one of this is now proving the reason i did not go to an ivy league school because these professors are wrong uh i went to uh myu i did i refused to even apply to an ivy league school in my life because of professors like this nonsensical professors at Ivy League schools who st- come up with the dumbest ideas possible. This is idiotic. This is stupid. I don't agree with it. And uh, thank God, neither of us, Rohit, went to an Ivy League school because we'd get trash educations like this. I mean, that's the main reason we didn't go is is, is because of our choice, definitely. Yes. Um, and, but yet it's crazy. I mean, in 1948, Japan had to pass a eugenics law to say, hey, we're not going to do like genocides and like, or like treat eugenics. Like, so yeah, it's just really, really crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hopeless that these people not only are given such a, 
I do believe everybody should be given a platform if they want it. But the fact that he's got so many followers, um, and also the last thing is there's yes, yeah, dumb Yale followers. Yeah, his headshot. He's got these like Harry Potter glasses. One of the spectacles is round, the other is square. Oh my god, this guy sucks. <laughs> so yeah. Oh boy, he's terrible. Yeah. All right, screw him. So let's uh, let's uh, just end the show with our hope fulfilled. I know you have a couple things that are uh, to. We always want to leave our audience with hope, with and and we've brought hope. Obviously, the the episode ninety nine point five, very Disney, very uh, full of hype. And so, what's hope fulfilled? End it. So yeah, just two really quick things. I think hopeful hope fulfilled is that the Supreme Court right now is looking. Um, on sort of like reversing section 230, um, which what that means, this was a bill that enabled, you know, uh, social platforms to say, hey, we're either a publisher or we're a platform. And if we're a publisher, that means we have to sort of moderate the content. And if we're a platform, that means anybody can kind of post anything, um, no rules. Um, So what they're doing is they're kind of changing the wording of 230 or looking to change it because many platforms have said, hey, we're a platform, we're not. That means when you're a platform like a Facebook or a Twitter, which they do classify themselves as, it means, hey, you can share news articles about from Reuters, this and that, without having to pay Reuters, right? Because it's it's, it's Aaron Wolf sharing yeah. his article, right? Because you're not a publisher, so you're a platform. What they say is like, if it's a platform, that means it, people should be able to post whatever, you're not, you're not responsible, right? If people say bad things, this and that, you're not responsible. Um, you know, but in case, obviously if they're committing crimes and it's different. Now, what happens is, it happened over the past few years, these platforms, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, they've claimed platform uh, privileges, but have used sort of censorship to really, you know, work with the government, do this and that kind of stuff, like to really like, to censor people. So they're, they're, they're claiming platform, but they're in the end, they're actually, you know, through their moderators, they are enforcing it. So now what they're saying is, okay, if you are enforcing any sort of sort of censorship, they're saying you have to be a publisher, hmm. which means now you have to pay for those articles. Um, and if you don't, you cannot do be doing this sort of moderation. What this is, means is for cesspools like my one of my favorite platforms like Reddit, um, that means they're kind of they're going to have to get rid of moderators or have and be on full time staff and sort of claim some different sort of privileges um, with how they're sharing content. What that means is the cancerous losers that are moderating subreddits will be out of their unpaid free jobs, and places like Reddit are going to be free again. I like that. Yeah, it's excellent. Great. So that's. That's big hope for me. And the other bit is um, the uh, for Julian Assange, uh, there was a huge protest uh, for him the other day. Um, he might be getting extradited um, to the US uh, for trial, but uh, in the UK, there was, uh, they had a big night carnival with a lot, a lot of people talking about freeing Julian Assange. So people have not forgotten, um, have not forgotten the importance of whistleblowers and transparency of information. So that's a lot, that's a great hopeful thing. So I'm really, really happy it worked out like that. So yeah, that's that's our, that's my, I think the two uh, hopeful filled topics that uh, we've, things that we've addressed in the past. Um, and no, uh, I love it, Rowan. And, yeah, and great. Yeah. And we're, uh, you know, we're honored to have made it to episode 99.5. Can't wait for 100. And really are, we really are grateful for you, the the listeners. We uh, keep growing in our audience and we're, we're honored, to be frank. We're very honored that, uh, that we keep growing. So thank you for listening. Keep uh, giving us stars, scroll down on the thing and Give us some stars if you like the show. And if you don't, I guess you can do that too, but I'd rather you don't. But if you do like the show, give us a lot of stars. 
and uh, and keep telling people about the show because uh, we do this uh, for we do this for ourselves because we enjoy it and for you. So yes. if you're gonna leave a negative review, make it funny. Yeah, make it funny. At least trash yeah. us in a funny way. Yeah. So, so uh, thanks for listening, and until uh, next time, episode 100, uh, we are uh, we are the hopeless show, and hope is dope. Farewell. See you in the next big one. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul. With Aaron